Welcome into a quick little bonus edition of Locked On Knicks. I uh, I kind of went off on uh, Richard Jefferson and ESPN. Gavin and I had a really good discussion about uh, ESPN's coverage of the Knicks, national media coverage of the Knicks, but it pushed our first episode really long. So we're releasing it just as a little bonus episode here. So kick back and enjoy if you want to hear me crap all over Richard Jefferson and us in general have a good discussion about how the national media covers the Knicks and how the coverage might shift as the Knicks get better. That's coming up right now on this bonus edition of Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. I just want to point out, I thought ESPN's coverage was horrible. And I, I brought this up before. Gavin, I don't know how you feel about this. But like you mentioned like the token uh, Richard Jefferson being like, oh, Julius Randle should be all NBA. That was great. But that felt almost like a makeup call for the fact that like ESPN chose to base Like they, they would pepper in things just to make it seem like, okay, yeah, this isn't so bad. You know, whatever. Like we're, we're you know giving the Knicks their due or whatever, like at the very beginning of the broadcast, they acknowledged like, oh yeah, the Knicks are one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. They've won four straight games. But then the whole game basically just felt like, I mean, Richard Jefferson in particular, I I don't understand. Like having him commentate a Knicks game is like having like Paul Pierce commentate a Knicks game or something. Like there are certain guys you just can't, put on a Knicks game because they just are a joke when it comes to trying to be objective. Like Richard Jefferson is the same guy that unprompted on a, on a Nets broadcast last year brought up, like he was like, Oh yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks called me when I was late in my career and tried to get me for a workout. And that was when I knew it was time to retire. And then like that blew up with all of the people that love to hate on the Knicks on like Knicks Twitter and whatever. And then, like, a couple minutes later, Jefferson was like, "Uh, no, just kidding. That didn't actually happen. I just said that just for laughs or whatever. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, you're supposed to be part of the media now. So, like, that means at least pretending to be objective. But in this game, it was just like everything was basically, oh, Luca is amazing. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Julius has, like, 40 points now. Like, that's cool. That's fine, whatever. But Luca, look at all of his assists. And it's like, yeah, well, where's Luca getting them? He's getting them down 10 the entire game. Like, what what exactly are we talking about here? Like, the, the Mavericks aren't winning this game. And the Knicks, it was basically just treated like, oh, it's an inevitability that the Mavericks are going to come back and beat the Knicks or whatever. And they just kept kind of like waiting for that run by the Mavs that never happened. And instead, basically just ignored the Knicks playing well for large parts of the game. The other thing, and... and so then to end the game too, Richard Jefferson made some comment of like, oh, you know, the Knicks got away with this one or something like got away with this win and and took it. And it's like, no, dude, they didn't get away with anything. This wasn't like one off a fluke call by a ref or something like the Knicks 
outworked the shit out of these guys. And Julius Randle had an awesome game, like uh, probably his best game of his, maybe of his whole career. Like I know he's technically scored like one more point than this before, but this was probably the best game of Julius Randle's career, like from top to bottom. And, you know, you basically just write it off as, oh no, the Knicks stole one off the Mavericks. And then same deal too on SportsCenter right after, you know, it's the, you know, headline, whatever graphic behind, uh, uh, who was it that was doing it? No, Stan, Stan Verrett. And, uh, I don't know why his name is escaping me. Um, the one, the one other dude's been there a long time, but whatever they, they do like the, uh, the late night sports center now sometimes. And, uh, the graphic behind them, you know, you see Nick's Mavericks and the graphic is a picture of Luka Doncic that says Luka Magic. No acknowledgement of the final score. No acknowledgement of the fact that Nick's won the game. No acknowledgement of Julius Randle being the best player on the floor in a game against Luka Doncic. I just think it's stupid. I, I really dislike ESPN and how they cover the Knicks. I think that they prefer that the Knicks be bad uh, because it makes for better roast TV that way so that Rachel Nichols can go on her show and like talk about what a dumpster fire the Knicks are and whatever. And that makes for a good segment of TV to have Richard Jefferson on the show to, you know, talk about how much the Knicks suck or whatever. But I don't know. Maybe this is the year that, that they'll finally start shifting that, you know, I, we have a, as yet released, um, uh, interview that we do with Ben Golliver that's going to come out next week where he sort of said that like the, the worm is sort of turning on how the, you know, media and the league, whatever views the Knicks because of how they've played this year. But it would be nice if if ESPN could bring themselves to give the Knicks props for like anything, uh, particularly a night where they they got their first five game win streak since the Carmelo Anthony era uh, and Julius Randle thoroughly outplayed Luka Doncic. It would be nice to at least acknowledge that. But rant over this bonus episode of Locked on Knicks is brought to you by Built Bar. And Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the planet. They have some of the best flavors you could ever hope to try in a protein bar, such as cookies and cream, coconut almond, peanut butter, mint brownie, double chocolate, toffee almond, all the flavors you could possibly need for whatever mood you're in. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate and is soft and easy to chew and really gives you that candy bar experience without the candy bar guilt. But let me tell you this too, they are good for you. They are not like a candy bar in that they're going to make you feel bad about eating them. The coconut almond bar, for example, has 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Cookies and cream bar has 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So if you want to try them for yourself, and trust me, you do, they are really fantastic tasting, particularly if you're an active individual that needs that protein kick, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I think to quickly sum up my thoughts, I'm, I'm with you. Like there, there, are, there are specific things that, that feel specifically anti-Nicks. But by and large, like, like big, big picture sample, if you're good, the, the coverage is going to be good. And the Knicks... Like and maybe maybe it's not catching up as quickly as we'd all like, but if the Knicks continue this and um, and they turn things around in a in a really meaningful way and become championship contenders, they're going to be covered like the Lakers. That's just that's how it's going to be because they're they're too big of a market for anything. I don't else know about that though, man. Like think about 
you said this. This is not. We're spoiling a lot of stuff on the <laughs> the Knicks part of the Golliver Pod. But you brought this up when we were talking to him because we were getting his opinion just on uh, how the Knicks are are covered in general and whatever. And you made the point yourself. They had one of the lowest Vegas over unders in the entire league this year at like low twenty wins. They're now sitting at thirty wins with fifteen games to go. They've like vastly outpaced their preseason expectations. Imagine if this was like any other team in the league, how would they be being covered? It would be like, Oh my God, the upstart so-and-sos look at how great this team is. Like whatever. Imagine if it was like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think what's, uh, if it was like the bulls, if this was the bulls and the bulls were playing this well, it would be like one of the biggest stories in the whole media sphere. They'd be like, Oh my God, the bulls are back. Like Zach Levine is legit. They just made this trade for Vucevic. There could they be a real contender? Question mark. Like after winning five straight games and pushing themselves to the sixth seed and looking like one of the the hottest teams in the East. Like th- these are things that would be coming up. Instead, it's like oh, Luka Doncic played not even his best basketball. I I don't care if this is a season high in assists. Like he didn't play his best basketball in this game, and yet he's the the headline story and not Julius Randle and the Knicks winning five straight games. I just. I don't know. It's stupid to me. I get what you're saying that this stuff is earned, but we've seen plenty of single season turnarounds where teams get very flowery coverage. And yet when it comes to the Knicks, it's just like, eh, let's let's sweep this under the rug. Maybe people will forget that they're good. So that, that way, the next time they're bad, we can just, you know, harp on that instead because that's more fun. But yeah, I guess my, my only pushback would be I think it it might be more an ESPN specific issue than than a national media collective issue. Because I, and I think even even with ESPN, um, like maybe on maybe like the jump specifically, I think would cover something like that. But when you're just looking at Sports Center and game coverage, I think there's always a lag in that kind of stuff. And and, and not to I mean, you got to give some some people their credit, like someone like Doris Burke, I think is very good about speaking up. Um, about specific trends and it is just very up to date on stuff. Someone like Richard Jefferson, I don't think he would be talking up. Maybe again, maybe I'm way off on this, but I think there. My, my point is, I think there'd be a lag when when perception for perception to catch up with reality. Even if it was a team like the Bulls, just because. And maybe I'm off on this, but it feels like these guys like don't follow the league to like the nth degree to like the the way you and I do, the way someone like Zach Lowe does, the way someone like Macri does. It, it feels like they're just there's there's like a disconnect and and their perceptions are off and and clearly like there there is some like inherent bias leaking through but I think a lot of it is just that like they still think it's last season and they're not as caught up and maybe that's not giving these people enough credit maybe it's more calculated than I think but I, I genuinely do believe there's a delay and 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 what I was saying is like when the Knicks are like right now they're they're like they're 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 an incredible feel good story right but they're not they're not a meaningful championship contender and I think when that day comes. I would be surprised if they didn't get coverage commensurate with that. And and I guess that's that's really the only way I can sum it up because the the only other thing I the thing you'd be looking forward to this season for this kind of team and I think the the nominal coverage that this kind of team usually gets is just like is a lot of really interesting print stories and deep dives like how did Julius Randle turn it around and how how is RJ Barrett making a jump in his second season and and to that point like I, I I haven't seen a lot of those articles on ESPN but I think in general when people like look at the media and they say oh you're not covering this this and this generally like you'll see people fire back like no actually there were there were three articles about this and two about this like Kevin O'Connor just wrote a really nice like long piece on the Knicks and and how they've gotten better and 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 to your point like maybe that that might not be um, equivalent to the improvement the Knicks have made and the fact that we're not seeing articles like that from every single outlet 
It's 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 a fair point, and it, it's a very it's a very hard thing to quantify. I, I guess I I just I, I feel like it will it will come. I, I'm I'm less so saying that it's not unfair in the moment, and more so saying that if this keeps up, I think it'll come with time. And it just doesn't bother me when when people who I feel like aren't watching the NBA to like the same extent, like not even me personally. It, it bothers me when like people I, I look at and say, "All right, that's one of the smartest NBA people out there." If like if they came on and said, "LOL, Knicks," then, then I'd be annoyed more so than like former players on the jump who who are kind of in and out, and this is just like a side job to them. Yeah, I mean, I guess. My final point on that then would just be do better and hire people to actually know what the hell they're talking about as far as ESPN is concerned. Because I think that I think I just think that most of the people that they hire are total jokes like that don't know what the hell they're talking about. And basically, I mean, you could be a former player all you want, but these guys spew just like nonsense all game. I mean, Richard Jefferson can't even bring himself to look at a freaking like roster sheet. He called people the wrong height, even like 15 times during this game. It was like. Oh, Chris Tapsworthingus is seven foot four or whatever. Like, oh, is he seven foot four now? Because I'm pretty sure he's been like seven three since the time he was drafted. Oh, RJ Barrett's six foot nine, real strong. Dude, I did a no, double take on that. That was yeah. That was I'm like, I'm like, really? He doesn't look five inches taller than JJ Reddick. Yeah, <laughs> RJ Barrett is six foot six, buddy. Like, get your shit together. Oh um, my God. Yeah, but it would I, be so good if RJ Barrett was six foot nine. We should try. Yeah, to imagine that. that. I mean, he'd be like, he'd be like a like. <laughs> You'd be Ben Simmons, like a LeBron at that point, yeah, yeah or, or Simmons, like whatever. Anyway, I my my overarching point is ESPN needs to do better. I think it's stupid that that it, because my other put oh God, this is going so long. My other pushback is that they would be the first ones if James Dolan sneezed, you know, and happened to sneeze on somebody by mistake. They would be the first ones, you know, having Spike Lee on to talk about how James Dolan sneezed on that person on purpose and that. You know, the Knicks are always going to be terrible because James Dolan sneezes on people. You know what I mean? It's there, there's a serious double standard in how they cover the team. And it's the biggest. I mean, I would say TNT does it to a lesser extent. Uh, but ESPN in particular is in the is in the business of the Knicks being bad is good for us. And it shows every single time that they have to do anything related to the Knicks and their coverage. And even honestly, sometimes shows through like some of their better analysts too. And I don't know if it's like a coordinated thing or whatever, but even when they had uh Breen and Doris Burke on the last Knicks Mavs game that was on ESPN, I thought that it, I mean, down the stretch that game was not good and wasn't favoring the Knicks at all. So obviously I can understand not talking them up, but I felt like the coverage was disproportionately skewed in the first part of that too, which might've been partly Breen trying to make up for covering the Knicks all the time. Might've been partly Doris Burke trying to handicap her, like Nick's fandom that she had as a kid. Um, but either way, it's, it, it just annoys the crap out of me. And so I, I, I honestly, I like the idea that the Knicks are getting more national TV games because it's, it means that they're doing well and, you know, they're getting recognized in that respect for it, but then it just annoys me to even watch them. And I kind of just wish that we could just go back to our regional network and have our two commentators who actually call things pretty down the middle, like, Clyde and Breen are never shy about pointing out if the Knicks do something stupid, but they're also not just like, you know, it, it, they they don't like crap all over the other team either. Like they'll praise the other team, say they're playing well, whatever. But anywho, uh, I think we got to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> we might have to split this whole discussion. I was going to say we should just have an bonus episode. 
Yeah, I guess we're going to have to. So uh, this is <laughs> this is probably the end of the bonus episode. So this was Locked On Knicks. Uh, we will be back next week with, as we already teased, a really cool interview with Ben Golliver, who has a new book coming out about the bubble. So great discussion about the NBA bubble and then about the Knicks. Uh, also, we have three game recaps coming up next week, I think. So a nice full week for you guys, plus Fan Friday, as usual. We'll announce the time for that. So uh, in the meantime, enjoy your weekends, and we will talk to you all plenty next week. <laughs>